Hello, and welcome to the Emerald Games cast once again. <laughs> My name's Nolan. You sounded so disappointed. Well, no, it's that I, I paused to let you yawn, but then I realized it's not going to make a noise, so I had to pick it back up. Well, now the, now everyone, now all of China knows she's yawned. If China? I... Why China? It's the, the, the Milan meme. Never mind. Anyway. Okay, yeah, this is very confusing. But the yawner uh, is, Al- is, <laughs> is Janelle. <laughs> The one who yawned is Janelle, yeah. What? And the one with the bad China joke is Alex. Huh? And do you guys know what today is? National Pet Day. That is true. Is it really? Yeah. The Not what four, I meant, but that is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 411 smoke weed. <laughs> I don't smoke weed. But I don't know what day that is. No, do you guys know what day it is today for the Emerald Games cast, though? Oh, I have an idea. Yes? No. It's the it's our sixtieth episode, right? It is our sixtieth episode. Oh is that, is, wow. Is it is that our diamond episode or our silver Pearl. episode? Is that is that the it's it's certainly not the wood anniversary. I know that, right? What the what fuck is the are wood you anniversary? You, no, about? you guys, there's like a thing. So like no, Alex, for, you too. What are you guys talking about? Who who do you want to go first? I want you to go first, because wood I guess is weirder somehow. So this me. is a thing. I don't know the numbers, but with uh with wedding anniversaries, this is an old traditional thing where like on the you, you give a certain gift of a kind of material each year and they progressively increase in value so like the first year is like the wood anniversary and you'd give like a nice chair or like a wooden bracelet and then there's like the i don't know the topaz anniversary and eventually you're up at diamond again i i don't really know the numbers but this is a thing i'm not yeah, the only one that's heard a, of this right this is a thing okay. yeah i was just yeah. about to say yeah. it's like it's like everyone uses it for every like major like media property anniversary it's like gold and yeah. silver and platinum and diamond and i didn't know about wood but maybe, like maybe maybe maybe, maybe woods for like a like a wife or a husband like you are getting ready to get to divorce. Yeah, nobody gave a shit about Disneyland's wood anniversary, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe what, Janelle? I thought my joke was too inappropriate. Okay, <laughs> so this is our let's let's say it's our um our sapphire anniversary because that's my birthstone and and I like that one. Um, I think that the Emerald Games cast can get a half price meal at Denny's. Price I like that. Baby. The Emerald Games cast could go to every uh, Robin, uh, it's not, it's Red Robin in the neighborhood and get a free milkshake at each one. The Emerald Games cast is now eligible in all states for the COVID-19 <laughs> vaccine. For the, for the fucking, never mind, I forgot what they call so, it. What jokes they call aside, it at the beginning? The not, the not. The, oh, the, the novel coronavirus variant Sorry, 19. I'm, I'm in a weird place here. Yeah, it's okay. But the Emerald <laughs> Games cast is in a good place. Episode 60. It is currently uh, April 11th. It's a nice, beautiful Sunday. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, doing A-OK. I'm excited to hear about some of the games you guys have been playing. Because yeah. you, have, you have two uh, games you've been playing that you wanted to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, GTA San Andreas. Yeah. Oh well, God. that as well. That as well. Janelle we was actually been... telling me about that the other day. We have been playing San Andreas. Yeah, but we won't talk about that one. Go read the 2004 New York Times review. We actually got... (laughs) Which I did last night. ...a couple of uh, newer games to review um, before we go into the news. And I I think, to me, the more interesting one here is uh, It Takes Two, Mm -hmm. which, listener, you may remember um, A Way Out or Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons um, by... Alex, look up the name. I forget the name of the developer. Uh, I was helping you, Neil. He it's... was the dude that on one Game Awards was, like, super 
super on something and oh, yeah, had yeah, this yeah. little tirade about like, yo man, fuck the Oscars. This is this is hey. what it's all about. Hey Alex. Yeah, what's up? There's a little spot you can find in one of the maps and it takes two and you point this little thing at the stars and different like radio comms come through and one of them is like a little sound clip from that. It's is it that, really? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the recording of him. Wow. So I looked it up. The developer Joseph is uh, ha- Haze Light Studios. Yes. Director Joseph Ferris. This studio, if you've played either of those two previous games, you'll know specializes in uh not you know lately has specialized in like co- asymmetrical cooperative play with a way out and it takes two previously with brothers it was about uh one player controlling two characters simultaneously but regardless their games have all um been these sort of uh uh narrative uh journeys focused on cooperation between two characters they're very unique a little weird they're and pretty unique. good the ones i've played at least and it takes two in particular. Uh, it's a it's a game that came out March thirty first on PlayStation five and four, um, along with PC and other places and whatnot. But um, in this particular game, you play a married couple who is preparing to divorce, um, and their daughter has these two little wood, you know, one, a, a clay uh, doll of her father and a wooden doll of her mother, and makes a wish that they'd be friends again and that they wouldn't uh, end their marriage and makes the wish to this this book she has, like a self-help save your marriage book by a doctor named Dr. Hakim. And it sort of magically transposes her parents into a world where Dr. Hakim, as a literal anthropomorphic book, is trying to save their marriage by forcing them to go through these cooperative challenges that require them to communicate. But, you know, really the the conceit of it all is that it just gives you a bunch of really um, fun sort of contrived co-op puzzles to play uh, with the person you're playing with. And you got to talk it through. And it's a really good time. And, Janelle, what what have you thought? Um, first, it came out on March 26th. Oh, damn. I was so Ooh. close, too. Ooh. Um, okay. Ah, God the dang. Game cast anymore. I think it's the most interesting, like, game like this I've ever played. It's the best... I'm not a platform person by any means. So for me, it's my favorite platformer that I've played so far. Wow. Um, and it just, it's so, it's so creative. Like the level designs are like nothing I've really ever seen before. During the Game Awards, he said that it would be like that. And we were all like, yeah, okay. But like, mm-hmm. it's, it's true. One of the levels, you're going through a tree in your yard trying to get um, up the house, like up your house into your daughter's window and you get kidnapped by this like army <laughs> small little squadron of squirrels who like say that they'll help you get out of the tree if you can help them defeat like the wasps who live there. They're they're <laughs> like they're like at war with the wasp monarchy and they're like a little squirrel republic. Yeah, they have like the little <laughs> hats and like they all have of these uh things. they have like walnut powered weapons technology and <laughs> yeah like in that section the husband has a, a gun that is full of sap and the wife has like this little match stick gun that like blows things up so you get through the challenges in that one by like having him put sap on things and then like you blow it up with the other gun like it's really creative and um, so that's how all the areas work is the two players abilities are both asymmetric and require the others to function mm-hmm. um in that you need to like another one that i really liked is that uh the the male character has three nails that he can throw and they stick into wooden surfaces 
um, and the wife has a hammer, which can either hit the nails down or can swing on the nails, um, like swing from a nail to a platform or whatever. So, or your nail can trip switches. So you have one person platforming and the other person across the way, basically placing these nails for them, calling them back, throwing the nails at switches, switching platforms on and off and all this stuff. And it's a real, like, it it's a real communication challenge it is it really is and the um story is really fun so far we haven't finished it yet but when we first started the trailer i kind of thought the book would be annoying and not very funny but he's actually like the highlight of this game mm-hmm. Hakeem wow. is amazing he's really funny that means a lot coming from janelle who has said i can i quote i hate it when video games try to be funny so <laughs> well yeah. you know sometimes they don't they don't land it yeah, sometimes, sometimes they don't. That's true. Sometimes you get Jackbox. Here. Yeah, unfortunately. And, and then sometimes you just get like really funny quips from this stupid book. And it's I've heard really it good. compared. I've heard the whole game compared really favorably to uh, Portal or Portal Two, because you have yeah, these really yeah. clever cooperative puzzles, and you have like this sort of funny narrative guiding, like plot tying it all together. Um, you know, in in a unlike um, a game like Portal Two, the narrative really works as a carrot on a stick because. It is. Uh, it has more tonal variety than a game like Portal Two, which, which don't get me wrong, is a masterpiece in terms of video game storytelling. Um, but this works because it is mixing humor and like you have the marital tension between the two protagonists, and you also have the tense relationship between them and their daughter, and the sort of will they, won't they of if they will begin to try to reconcile rather than reluctantly cooperate all these things you know which of course you 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 know where it's going i mean we haven't finished it but i obviously they're going to stay together but the story is written like a fun saturday morning cartoon but at the same time like it's pretty adult like there's a lot of adult language in it which i really like because i think that's not that like i think games need they say the fuck word uh, no, not that I, one. No, they haven't said fuck. Occasionally they say shit, but it's not yeah. very common. But I like that because I think that they seem like an actual resentful getting divorced couple. Yeah. Like, they seem like a very realistic depiction of that. Um, Like, a lot of the challenges that they face, like, in these different levels come from, like, you were supposed to clean out this beehive, like, a year ago, and you didn't do it. And, I'm and now we're you. fighting and wasps. now it's an empire yeah yeah <laughs> yeah things like yeah. that and i think it's just incredibly well done it's beautiful the yeah. art is really good all of the different levels are gorgeous in a really surprising way each time nolan yeah. you, you said that real quick you said that you were pretty convinced that they were going to get back together what if they don't like that's kind of been a running theme with joseph ferris's games that there's like a, a twist and a subversion no, I guess like, that's true. What if the they just are, two. like, amicably, like, this actually won't work? I feel like that'd be kind of an interesting, fun twist. I don't know. I have yeah. not played the video game, so. You know, yeah, it could be. It's possible. Though, I feel like the game really does, I mean, it, it could be a big subversion thing, but it really doesn't seem like it You know, be. the sure, lessons sure. that the Dr. Hakeem's book teaches are very, um, they're very surface. Like, so... They're not, uh, I don't know, you know, it's like chapter one, fix your relationship, chapter two, collaboration, uh, and then that's like the extent of what he gives you, right? Like, he gives you these puzzles, 
and your characters will start bickering and he'll come in and he'll be like you have to collaborate but, you have to communicate yeah. and, that, and that's like it but they're becoming <laughs> like also they're it's like a really, self-help book would do yeah. yeah 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 it's fun because like they're kind of learning things throughout the game but at the same time they're becoming like kind of terrible parents at the same time they're convinced that the way to stop being toys is to make their daughter cry again because they want to un like her tears turned them their te- her tears animated them Trying to undo the spell by making her cry again and getting back into her tears. So you have, like, a boss fight with her old, like, favorite stuffed animal who's like, you won't make my best friend cry. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, and right that. right now we're at a point where they're trying to get through her bedroom in this big, like, toy level to ruin her favorite stuffed animal it's, to it's, make her cry. And it's fucked up. It's really <laughs> fucked up. And, and for an example of the very adorable way that this game abstracts its settings uh to allow for really interesting level designs is like so you're trying to get through her bedroom so all of the obstacles like janelle said are based on toys and all of the enemies are toys like you have puzzles where you have to platform on uh number blocks but like there's a pattern based off the numbers or whatever stuff like that but the fun way they abstract all this is that they make the bottomless pit beneath the platforming just like a ball pit like a (laughs) like a plastic Mm -hmm. ball pit you know stuff like that yeah yeah but what i want is say about it is that like it is um we talked a lot about the narrative and and the fun mechanics but what what really i think makes this game shine is the pacing in Mm. the level design um it mechanically is kind of uh if you've played a lot of games i feel like you'll recognize almost everything that this game does and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean that this game is a uh mechanically it is a love letter to so many different video games and types of uh, gimmicks that have worked in in other places. And it never lingers on one for too long. And they're all themed after the area. So like when you're in the tool shed, your mechanics are entirely based off of like puzzles that revolve around one player having the nails and one player having the hammer. But just like any good Mario game, it will give you a new... um, uh, utility like oh you can use the nail to create a place for the person with the hammer to swing and then it will do that for like m- like less than 10 minutes and then it throws it away forever it never comes back to it and then it shows you oh you know but not in a tutorial in that sort of portal way where it gently guides you into realizing you can do something you realize oh you can use the nail to hold platforms in place to sort of change the rhythm of moving platforms or whatever for the person with the hammer. Or you can use the hammer to break glass. You know, do that for 10 minutes, then throw it away forever. And then you leave the tool shed, and all of a sudden you get grappling hooks. And then the whole game is about grappling hook puzzles now. But then, boom, those are gone forever. So it it, it just exudes confidence in, in, those, in that way. But also yeah. it cashes in on variety by just never being the same game for more than like an hour. Okay, yeah. cool. And Absolutely. It, it it just it just doesn't get boring. It's just okay. it's just so fun. It's and that's it fun. takes two, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, what about the other game you've been playing, Nolan? Uh, I've yeah. Played once. Not you no, know, I, I I played it twice. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we uh, got a review copy. Thank you know very uh, very luckily from uh, Playism, who published a game by a debut developer called Orbital Express, a game called Tasomachi behind the twilight um which is a collectathon um and it's 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 the first 
game from this developer, but the person behind behind it is uh, an, an artist named Nokras, um, and they they've actually have quite a following. You you may have seen their stuff before. It's this sort of um, Chinese uh, sort of like far eastern fantasy architecture blown up to very fantastical proportions, like these huge almost futuristic looking cityscapes but all made with imperial chinese architecture um you were telling me about it before we started recording it looks gorgeous it does look gorgeous it's beautiful (laughs) um it's it's really what not only the game lives and dies on but what the game was sold on because for people who already know no chris and are familiar with this art this is going to be like the game that lets you be inside of one of this artist's paintings um and in that sense it does marvelously you uh control a character who you know has abilities that you gradually unlock but mainly they're all related to basic 3d platforming Um, but you also have an airship and you can fly around the levels and those two things they feel really really good it's a joy to explore these places um the structure of the game however that spurs that along is uh, to be honest it's like a painfully generic take on the collectathon genre uh it 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 has these glimmers of charm that come through um like there are some interesting ways to collect things that you will remind you of older better collectathons where you sort of enter a world you know a big 3d space and it's not like the platforming is difficult the platforming is never hard in these games what it is is you explore a space and you find a character that has some kind of weird problem like oh, like, I can't find my special vase or whatever, and then you have to go find it and bring it back to him, and you're sort of sort of in the Mario style, you're sort, or like Mario Odyssey is, I think, one of the prime inspirations for this game, sort of trying to suss out the way to get all these collectibles out of the level. The problem is that, like, 90% of the collectibles in this game are just floating there or just dug into the ground, and you just push a button to get them. So think of, like, the worst moons from Mario Odyssey and then put, like, 50 of them in every level, and all of the levels... Oh, so like Mario Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that on a different episode. (laughs) All of the levels, while they are absolutely gorgeous, are all different variations in the same style. So you have like this ancient Chinese village with a bridge, or this one with a harbor, or this one in the mountains. But they all, while they're different, are still all that. You know, compare it to a game like Mario Odyssey or Banjo-Kazooie, where you have like the haunted house level and the snowy peak and the beach and the winding mountain path and all these things. And this game begins to become like very repetitive. Um, and then on top of that, uh, it just sort of feels like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Cause the assets are clearly original, but the, like you play this game and you're like, damn, this game was made in unity. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you, ever, yeah. you ever played a game like yeah. that where it's like, you, you can like, you can like feel the generic unity code, like sitting beneath the veneer of the game. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like a competently made game. Okay, but then outside of the main areas, there's these levels that are just moving platform platforming sections that you have to do in every area to sort of like clear the fog. Like how in Okami, you have to like revive the trees to make all of the collectibles actually appear in the overworld. You gotta do that in this game too, but you do it by going into these temples and doing these things that are, in my opinion, pretty much inspired by, like, Zelda shrines, like Breath of the Wild, 
in the sense that they all have the same like graphics and music and everything but they're also all just moving platform puzzles and they're like not that good and you have to do them all the time <laughs> and then to go out back into the overworld to get these lanterns that are hidden like the bad mario odyssey moons so the whole game kind of falls flat but it's hard to it's hard to say that it's totally not worth someone's time because like the art is amazing and the music is really good and if you just want like a relaxing chill game to explore Nocris's art and explore these cityscapes it's very well done and you can actually see a lot of detail on the different um streets and avenues and harbors and stuff it clearly a lot of thought was put into like how these places would be used and sort of the layouts of them and they're very fun to explore but they're not very fun to interact with and so really i would say i don't know go look at the paintings the paintings are better anyways they're, they're more detail there's more character okay and, uh, that, and that was uh, yeah. tasamachi is that right Tasamachi, yeah. Now, so it's okay. Before we get to the news, I know we don't really have time for this, so I'm only going to put you on blast for a minute, Nolan. Okay. But there was another game Nolan played after mentioning it on the podcast last week. There is? He was giving um, a lot of oh, hype yes. on the last episode to Balan Wonder World. <laughs> Can I get like a one minute review of Balan Wonder I didn't buy it. I played the demo. Okay. I played the demo. And listener, the the. The meme is dead. It turns out Yuji Naka does not know how to make a good video game. <laughs> Guess that what, game, Nolan? Guess that what? Game, he never has. Up. I love Sonic Adventure, and I won't hear anything bad about it except for all the bad parts about it. But <laughs> Balan Wonderworld, by the way, not even called Balan Wonderland. Can you believe that? I kept saying it wrong last Balan Wonderworld, it sounds like they got the title wrong. It sounds like a misprint, but that's the title. <laughs> Wonderworld, not Wonderland. That game is like... It, it actually you should play the demo because that game is a brilliant mystery in the sense that it's baffling how this got out the door like and i'm not saying like you know you i'm sure you've played a lot of games that are like bad and you can tell that okay they clearly were trying but then something went wrong like they ran out of time or they didn't have enough money or they got the game cut in half and they had to like release this buggy level but this game's like not even buggy and it doesn't even seem rushed it's just like in terms of like pure creative decisions, this game appears to be a perfect execution of the vision of one person. It's just, why did you envision this? What is this video game? And it's so baffling. You it, should go watch a video of it It's or like something. a fever dream, but not in the way a good Ichio game is, but like in the way I had after I got my COVID shot. I, like, I saw it. it. It's fucking weird as hell. I have to I say, saw like, somebody on Twitter.com say something that, that still resonates with me to this day. They said, Balan Wonderworld looks like if Tim and Eric tried to remake Super Mario 64. <laughs> that is honestly a hell of a sales pitch, but, like, after watching some people play this game on stream, I can see it. Like, it's just so cartoonishly bizarre. There's one power-up. I don't know if you got this in the demo, Nolan, but I watched somebody play through this. Uh, is it, the, called, is it the, the fox box? It's the fox box. <laughs> so this this item that you get turns you into, you get a little fox outfit, but you randomly turn into like a textureless, like <laughs> default blender cube box at random and points. You don't, you don't get to you decide. You don't have the ability to turn it. In, it just randomly turns you into a box. You don't even push a button to do it. And it keeps your momentum. So you have to like <laughs> navigate this like cartoon platforming stage. So with like all of these high edges and stuff. As you move, you randomly turn into a box and then can slide off of the edge. 
It's Alex. like, at what point did you ever think that would be a good, fun idea? <laughs> Alex, have you seen how at the end of every level, the character walks up to, like, the main character from that level, and it looks like they're going to, like, have a really intense romantic yeah! moment? And do they do, like, a battle. shitty dance. It's like, a, it's, it's like, so weird. Nolan, actually, I'm stealing this from Nolan. It's like one of those, like, like, foreign, like, YouTube scam videos where they would, like, <laughs> they would, like, have somebody shittily sing to a classic children's song and, like, put Spider-Man and Elsa up. Yeah, they go, they go on, like, they go on, like, the Unreal Asset Store and get, like, a barely rigged model of Spider-Man. And it just... makes yeah, me uncomfortable yeah. in the exact same way those weird YouTube videos do. Yeah, no, that's what it is. I need yeah. to say, the, the absolute, like, piece de resistance on this game, the, like, Janelle was in a meeting, so I couldn't I couldn't laugh out loud. So you know everything is funnier, by the way, when you aren't allowed to laugh. That's, that is <laughs> that is the best time. I've taken this is terrible. I've taken to watching donkey videos when Janelle is in class because that they're like ten times funnier to me. But it's really <laughs> dangerous because I I start I start cracking up and she's like, I'm sorry guys, I have to mute. And then I stop watching them <laughs> and I gotta stop doing this. But it's so funny. <laughs> okay. But Fuck. the funniest shit on the funniest shit on the whole planet Earth to me was that this game starts and you play the opening cutscene, okay? And then it takes you into this like flyover shot of the first level. And the first level is um like it's farmer themed, okay? So there's like a giant piece of corn and a big farmer and really happy go lucky music and like giant wheelbarrows and it looks like like a bad Sonic level, and it's playing this like happy-go-lucky. Oh, so like yeah, sure. Why not? I'll let you have that one. <laughs> and, it, and it's and, it, and it's playing this happy-go-lucky music, and it's just so cartoonish. And then it says like chapter one, and the name of the level <laughs> starts rolling in in this cartoony-ass font, and it doesn't say like you know what like what like what do you think it'd be called like like Cornland or whatever. <laughs> It fucking, no joke, it says, a man rages against the storm. <laughs> Listen, I I will not buy this game for any less or any more than $5. I wouldn't buy but it But when $5. that game gets to $5, I am going to play the shit out of it. That I don't sounds even think, like a nightmare. I don't even think it seems like bad and, like, good and bad, you know? It's just, like, kind of, it's just bad. It's just weird. And, and, and the weirdest part is, like, the opening cutscene is straight up like peak Square Enix graphics. The opening cutscene is like so high def and high budget that it's like you're watching the opening to a Final Fantasy game right up until the character walks on the screen. And then it's like, oh my God, like we stopped doing these characters in like 2004. This looks like <laughs> Sonic Adventure 1. It's just so weird. <laughs> it's so weird because like... You can make a bad game because you incompetently executed on your plan, but how do you, like, competently make a bafflingly bad game? That's so strange to me. Yeah. I've, just, I've never seen it. I remember seeing articles <laughs> about how, like, Yuji Naka had to beg to get this game made. Like, this is the last game that the, the, he got one chance to make a, a game with Square Enix, and, and that was it. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's so don't like, play that. Uh, yeah, don't play that one. Don't play. Do not play uh, Balan Wonderworld, or Balan Wonderland, or whatever yeah. the fuck it's called. Wonder, Wonder World. World. Wonder World. Balan Wonderworld. Why would he World. say that? Why would that be the name? I know. No. It's like I. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. weird. Anyway, 
Sorry for sidestepping us. No, you're good, because I'm glad we got to sidestep us, but I want to introduce this story. We got some Uh, news. Several weeks ago, on on recording, uh, we got an email from somebody, I think, uh, asking us about what we thought was going to happen with E3. I do not remember what Nolan's response was, but mine was that I think E3 is on its way out. Janelle was saying, I think it's going to be just fine, nothing's going to change. But one thing that me and Janelle both agreed on was that this year they will have an E3 and like say we're gonna do e3 this summer and then it'll instantly get shut down because of covid restrictions and to my surprise to our surprise oh i don't know about her surprise but to my surprise at least nothing shocks me anymore (laughs) (laughs) it just i don't feel anything uh e3 decided to do the smart thing and say it's gonna be just completely digital this summer yeah and and it's sorry no i was just gonna think it it sounds like a normal e3 with a couple of surprises but for the most part it's like the gang's all here they're all back and doing e3 again except for not because they're actually just gonna have a lot of really interesting people there who aren't normally there yeah that's what i was gonna get to yeah like capcom and konami Konami? and take two warner brothers they've never been to e3 before as far as i know yeah konami's the big one i think we can talk about konami well they haven't been to e3 since 2015 i think and that was like a like an all-out disaster it's like it's like infamously one of the worst press conferences and konami's goodwill with the games industry uh is dwindling and then here they are they're gonna show up 2021 at e3 what are they even gonna do like are we gonna get a metal gear solid remake yeah but E3 2021 will be back uh, this June. It'll be a free showcase. There was some leak or rumor that it was going to be paid, and then they instantly came out and said, nope, it's free to everyone who wants to watch it online. Um, everyone who's going to be there is Nintendo, Xbox, Ubisoft, Take-Two, the the standard fare. And then, like Nolan said, Capcom, Konami, uh, Warner Bros., and uh, Coke Media are Strange. also going to be there. Um, and there's some big absences too, though, like some some ones that you expect. We're not going to yeah, get Sony, Sony and EA are. I mean, they they dipped out like a little while ago. So like Sony, year, I so. expect to be gone. EA usually has their EA own surprises. separate event. They have like uh-huh. EA Play, right? Usually, yeah. But Square Enix and Sega kind of flip flop. Oh, yeah. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Blizzard this has list, their own thing. They don't need yeah, it. Yeah, um, this list is like we're shocked to not see Blizzard there, and I'm like, no, we're not. Blizzard yeah, Blizzard has never usually. needed to go to, um, to E3. Square Enix, I'm surprised to not see now. Sega and Modern and Namco, the other two no shows. I, I don't think anyone really expects Sega to have a conference anymore. So yeah, that didn't really surprise me. I think they and have then, had conferences in the past, though, haven't they? Or am I yeah, mistaken? Yeah, sure. But like Sega, I expect to. Um, have their games peppered throughout other people's conferences these days. Will Bethesda be part of Xbox, or will they maybe show up? I, I think, like, Bethesda usually announces with Microsoft. No, they um, usually have their own thing. Yeah, well, I know, I know, do. but I mean, I meant before. That oh. only started in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before that, okay. Bethesda typically announced at Microsoft's conference, and it looks like they're not showing up this time, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were an Xbox because of the really big news about the Microsoft Bethesda buyout. And even before this, they were already um, sort of buddy-buddy. This would be, in my opinion, a perfect time for Microsoft to try and upstage Sony um, by like just just loading us with first-party games, if they've got them. Yeah, sure. yeah that, that's the question, right? Because like, yeah. a lot of the stuff that they've announced, people have come out and said like it'll be years until we get to see like Fable and... like. Uh, apparently halo is definitely coming out this year but but we'll see um but yeah i i gotta be honest i'm very surprised to see uh e3 do the right thing in this case and to do anything at all i kind of thought that everyone now that they got a piece of the pie from last year would want to do their own thing but it sounds like e3 is is winning out 
never been wrong in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking, well, as someone who's never wrong, Janelle, I want to ask you about the juiciest thing here that we briefly touched on. What the hell's Konami going to do? Because like Nolan was saying, they have lost any and all goodwill. They have been like, hey, we're not going to really make video games anymore. That's what made me really surprised, right? It's not yeah. like they just lost goodwill. They uh, they straight up were like, we're done with video games. We're going to license them to other people and then just make arcade pachinko machines forever. Some people think they'll do like a Blue Point Metal Gear Solid announcement. Oh, Some God, people think they'll do a Silent Hill announcement. I choose not to believe either because that would make me feel bad. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Here's here's the goods, Konami, okay? The ideas are free tonight. You don't got to pay me, okay? Pay No, 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 Konami, you have you absolutely <laughs> do have to pay us for these ideas. Okay. You going to you pay for my consulting, but the ideas are free. Fine. Okay. Since last episode, we talked about the PlayStation 3 PlayStation Portable and PlayStation Vita stores shutting down, okay? The effect of this that did not make it into the episode, recent development, is that the prices of the first two Suikoden games are absolutely going to the moon. These games cost like 400 plus dollars now because there's no other way to buy them except to get the original discs. Before now, they were only available on PlayStation 1 and on the PlayStation Network, but they obviously are not available there anymore pretty soon so everybody wants to get their hands on that sweet 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 one too jason schreier published an article just one year ago that got big press about why sweet good two is a must play even in the 2020s konami hit us up with a sweet good collection it doesn't even need to be a remake just give us those games on switch i have a better it. idea okay better idea they make pachinko machines okay Small, portable, handheld pitching machines. What's the, getting, what, what are the stakes? They're getting into the console market. But it's not consoles, it's pachinko it's games. Based on like their <laughs> other IPs, like the Silent Hill pachinko machine, Metal Gear pachinko machine. I like it. Thank you. You know what's fucked up? That'd probably be, like sell pretty well. Yeah. Like, that, that, that would not be a terrible investment decision. Um, I wonder okay. if Konami's ever going to re-release those HD uh, Bluepoint ports of the other... Uh, Metal Gear Solid games, though. Because that would be nice to have those on, you know, yeah. newer HD platforms. I'm, I'm looking at their, their Wikipedia right now to refresh my memory of, like, what their big franchises are. And they've really... Okay, they've got a lot, but, like, the main things... Metal Gear, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Contra. I feel like... I feel like, yeah, Bomberman... I, yeah, you know, Bomberman's big, but it's not like you could do a show-stopping Bomberman announcement. I... You could do a show stop in Castlevania announcement, though. Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, that, any sure, of those. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I expect my bingo card is that they will do at least one of them. At least one of those three franchises is getting a remake or a new entry. Do you think, sorry, moving on from them, do you think Capcom will announce like a, I don't know, like, I don't know what it would be, a like, Resident Evil 4 remake? oh you know what uh, that's actually a really good idea as to what they might announce because i was thinking like oh uh more street fighter 5 yeah. stuff maybe street fighter 6 teaser um whatever I think, is next in monster hunter but that's a really Capcom, good idea yeah i think that they'll do a resident evil 4 remake maybe i think that they'll show like like a new version of monster hunter rise like monster hunter rise ultimate or something like that 
for like, or like, or like what they did with world and just have yeah. like a paid dlc which was very nice they should just keep doing that instead of reselling us the same video game and then man i think there's street fighter things on point alex that's that's probably pretty good do people still like street fighter 5 i don't keep up with that apparently people like street fighter 5 a lot more now than they did at launch like it's just been continually getting better yeah. Because it was kind of a nightmare when it first released, but what what does Coke Media do? I I don't know. They're oh, like they do Hunt Showdown. Right? That game is oh. so fun. Remember yeah, you guys that were playing that the other day. Yeah, we're into that game right now. So I mean, they don't like develop it, but they certainly yeah, they're publish like a it. They yeah, they're like a publishing it, yeah. conglomerate. I don't think this yeah. is the same Coke as uh 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 yeah. Let's see. The they've other got place. they've got Deep Silver, so they've got. Uh, Dead Island. <laughs> Saints Row. Oh, what if Saints we see Row, Dead Island yeah. 2? <laughs> Remember Dead Island 2? Uh, do they own, like, Dying Light? Would, would, yeah, would, they do. Could they show Dying Light? Because Dying Light 2 Ooh. looks awesome. I would love to see that. Didn't think... they just come out and say that there was, like, a, a huge delay with Dying Light 2? Uh, I they just the... saw news about Dying Light 2's map, so it's definitely still, like, on the horizon. I wouldn't be surprised if it got delayed. Also, I'm I'm looking it up. I don't think they do, you guys. That's a Techland game. I don't know oh. who the pub. Uh, yeah, gotcha, uh, it's gotcha. a that's that that's a Polish publisher. I got I get it confused because of Dead Island. You see, that's fair. That's completely fair. Sure. Um, what do you but... think Nintendo and Xbox are gonna have? Probably the two biggest the biggest boys at this conference. Mm, Breath of the Wild two trailer. Oh, I think like uh, yeah, I, I think, think we'll get a trailer. Right, I think to sure. me, honestly, that's a coin flip. Breath of the Wild two trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's a coin yeah. flip. I think we'll definitely get a trailer. Okay, a little little backstory into our personal lives here. Uh, our friend friend of the show, Dylan, started a uh, a uh, fantasy league where we uh, kind of like fantasy <laughs> football, but where we play we place uh, like release dates for video games and kind of like quote unquote bet on those. Um, and and this man, this absolute fool of a man, who I hope is listening to this so I can tell him to his face later how much of a fool he is, was like, "Breath of the Wild Two is coming out this year. So is GTA Six. <laughs> And so is Halo Infinite. Did yeah, he have Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, and Final been. Fantasy 16. I love it. I love it. I, I, they're what? all coming out this year, 2021. I don't even think he's a fool. I, I I admire the gumption. You know, if I was like head of a company, I'd hire that man for a job right now. Listen, it's frustrating to me because of... I would fucking love it if they were like Breath of the Wild 2 this holiday season. But it would also make me angry because then Dylan would be right. So there's no. It's a lose lose situation for me. No matter what happens with Breath of the Wild 2. I think the question is, why are you so invested in him being wrong? Well, we are. Wait, I played a win, Nolan. I played <laughs> okay. a win. Well, we're not going to see Sony at E3. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about E3 before we move on? Uh, I can't think of anything. I shouldn't Janelle? segue yet. No, I guess not. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You guys excited for E3? Oh, yeah, totally. I'm very excited. I like, I like okay, hopefully we'll have some uh, some coverage of that when when that happens this June. We'll keep you posted. Yeah, yeah. and if we any will. other developers or publishers sign up for it, we'll update the podcast. I had a fantastic yeah. time recording our uh, E3 special last year um, next to the elevator shaft in Allen Hall. So oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> maybe we can record one uh, as far away from possible from the elevator shaft. Listener, little backstory: if you weren't around then. The, there is like a there was a podcast studio being built um in allen hall on the u of o campus uh but for for logistical reasons we weren't able to use it and so the only like the only free 
recording room was this little uh, room that had like a direct access to the elevator shaft. And so it, it was it was a glass wall on one side and an open shaft on the other with a thin door. The acoustics were awful when we were crammed in there. It was so hot. There was no AC. It was it was the dark years of the podcast. No, the dark years of the podcast were having access to the podcast studio, <laughs> but the microphones never working and only being able to actually record in there and release those episodes maybe twice. And then the it was darkest years of the podcast. Paws, Sophia nightmare. This be like we like the podcast studio finally works, and then COVID. <laughs> go, yeah, boom! Yeah. This right there. Yeah, take us out of the game. What other news is there, Nolan? Well, uh, Sony, who's not going to be 83, uh, is Sony. making their own announcements. Um, this, there's a big one coming here uh, that is kind of, you guys remember when EA was like, single player games are dead. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Sony is doing the exact opposite of that. Um, well, and, well, nothing. we'll get into that, but explain okay. the story. The well, okay. Well, Rather than Sony saying single player games uh, are dead, they're saying all we're gonna all we're gonna fund or all we're gonna focus on. We're putting all of our resources, all of our studio efforts into creating these big cinematic single player Naughty Dog style experiences. And you know, obviously not all Naughty Dog style. I mean, in terms of like production value, these big blockbusters. Like, there's still gonna be God of War, Horizon. Horizon. You know, yeah, Days yeah. Gone. Well, Spider-Man. Days Gone. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Games like that, um, at the expense of some of the other stuff that Sony has typically funded, I think like Sony's already kind of been doing this, but it's now official. Yeah, I, mean, and I, I think like... the Japan studio closure, restructuring, yeah. whatever you want to call it, was kind of the the nail in the coffin there. But and this isn't like official Sony news. Jason Schreier um, posted an article on Bloomberg this last week about this um, because obviously Sony isn't going to be like saying no to other games so that they can help make the last of us remake you know but that's what is happening um which is really weird but we'll talk about that in a minute so you know the playstation studios label at least you know according to the article here has uh like almost a dozen studios and there's a lot that goes on between them um, and typically they'll all be working on their own projects but i think the big takeaway from this story is not necessarily just that sony is going to be canceling games that don't fit this mold but that they are finding their surefire bets and as we're going to see later in the story uh they're actually taking several of those studios and basically making them work uh externally at the behest of other uh, more successful more sure bet studios so um, was it Studio Bend yes. is the name Studio Sony Bend with Days Gone in 2018 was a game that was financially successful that game was profitable but critically it was not uh, it didn't quite land and that game's had a mixed reception since then and there's not a lot of right. hype behind the idea of a sequel well actually um, oh god well, well actually a mm-hmm. lot of people who a lot of critics who gave it middling reviews say that they would have actually really liked a second one because they felt like there was a good base for what could be a good game. Yeah, and it's so sort of some excitement, I guess. Something to be developed on, but like from a business standpoint, you go, okay, everyone loved Last of Us and Uncharted 4. So we're going to make sequels to those and slap those out, you know, not like give them a second chance. So Studio Bend rather than making the game that they had planned, which was they were going to go into pre-production with their pitch of Days Gone 2, got turned down, despite the game's relative success, and they're going to be actually working 
um, as an outsourced studio for Naughty Dog making the game that's the next part of the story, which is a Last of Us 1 remake. For PS5. Which for is PS5. wild to me, because like Last of Us 1 for PS4 looks fine enough. Like, it looks that's great. What's the... What's... Why? Did no they just one... want to put Pedro Pascal's face on it because of the HBO show? Oh, they wouldn't do that. I don't think they would do that. Um, Nolan pointed out to me, which I hated, that... Like, the earliest that could come out, it would still be 10 years after the PS3 version came out, um, and the PS4 version came out just a few months after that. I That doesn't mean I think that there should be a remake, because I don't think it needs it right now, but it has been out for a lot longer than I tend to realize. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the PS4 version still looks great. It looks fantastic, yeah. So, it's it's like a shocking thing to the, me. It's a very unneeded thing, in my opinion. I would be happy if this gave the game a ramp up to the last of us two combat system i think that that would be a good use of remaking it since they're going to be doing it regardless of like what we think about the graphics or whatever um but if it's just like a slight graphic overhaul i think that would be really strange but it i mean they're outsourcing to other sony studios so i don't think it would be that minuscule but i can't really think of many things that game needs other than yeah, some, like, updated combat, I guess. And even then, like, I thought the combat was fine. So, like, I think... Yeah, I gotta be honest. I think this 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 whole thing sucks. Oh, it know, sucks. Like, the yeah. explicit, like, we all... You know what it is? It kind of reminds me of, like, Disney's approach with the Marvel movies. Yeah. Where, like, they want them all to be the same, like, flavor and style. They want to be the MCU of video games. Like, bombastic, high-quality, like... I guess, for lack of a better word, action games. And this, which, you know, if that sells, that sells, right? But them, I still can't get over the Sony Japan thing, because, like, that yeah. sucks. There were so many cool games coming out of there. You had, like, Hohokam, well, you to had be, the Gravity to be clear, Rush games. So, Sony Japan is the whole conglomerate. Japan Studios is Japan what you Japan Studios, mean, right? thank you, yeah. yes. But, yeah. like, even, like, it's weird, because even with Naughty Dog, they're turning down Naughty Dog projects that they want to do to, like, do this instead. Like, they, um rejected a remake of uncharted one which is a game that is which could actually use that could over, probably use a remake yeah. that game is going to be over 15 years old it's a lot more in need of i mean last of us still plays marvelously uncharted one you guys try and go back to that game after uh, yeah, playing I, literally any other uncharted game it's not fun anymore. Uncharted one is an outright bad video game so the idea I, that they could make I disagree it with that is good i disagree with that but it plays very poorly so yeah that will keep most people out like i slogged through that game to do the full series run yeah so you know like alex mentioned hohokam and stuff it's easy to kind of not think about or really realize uh what these sort of moves are coming at the cost of um but it also might be easy not to realize how many uh prolific and successful playstation games were actually from Sony's own first-party studios. So unlike Nintendo, they don't release these under one label. They don't they don't make them appear to have been from the same house, right? These come from different areas. You have things like Gravity Rush and Ape Escape and and Patapon and like Alex Shadow of the Colossus, like... and yeah, Team Eco and uh, you know Last Guardian and Flower and Journey and all you know, just just like. Indie, all indie games I'd rather right. play. All games I'd rather play than a gray third-person shooter, right? You know, I mean, like, like it, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I love Sony's big marquee games, and I don't 
totally agree with the characterization, but I get what you mean. Like, they they have this one, like, vibe, and they're like, hey, people love games where the camera sits over their shoulder and there's stories about fatherhood, and it's very, very yeah. grim. And, and <laughs> like, I do, but I also like other video games. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. One thing I will say, and I guess this is, like, a win, I, I guess, is that um, Studio Bend did get they did ask to be taken off of the new um uncharted game which i guess so we got that wrong a minute ago um and they were allowed to and now they're making their own game that's part of a new multiplayer franchise of theirs sure so that's i'm excited to see what ben does that's cool i guess i mean like no it is it is cool but it's like the rest of it sucks, you know? Like, you know, I, like, made fun of, like, Balan Wonderworld earlier for being in a game where, like, the vision is bad. Like, Studio Bend is is talented. And, like, Days Gone is a game where, like, yeah, that game's reception is middling. But, like, it, it it's really tough to play that game and not see extreme competence and talent. Like, it, that, Days Gone is weird because it, it, it falls short in so many ways. But at the same time, it's, like, immaculately made. And I feel like you'd have to play it to like get what i mean but this yeah, is a, it's, it's this not is, a waste of a game there's something there this right? is a studio that it's like god damn this studio is so good at making games this one just went a little awry but if you give them another chance like they clearly have something brilliant you know maybe one or two productions down the line and uh I, you have to wonder how many teams like that like the guy that made gravity rush before this he made the siren games that really I don't, I don't know cult, cult, cult classics yeah. at best but then boom he makes this mega hit that sells a system like sony you got these people in your wings you got to give them time to come out you can't just cut them just because they're not making naughty dog money not everyone's going to make naughty dog money yeah right and no one else is going to make naughty dog money if you don't let them try naughty dog made fucking crash bandicoot before they made <laughs> uncharted you know crash bandicoot rules and that was a system seller but the point is people can make things that are radically different than what they have already shown you they can do. Absolutely. I love Crash Bandicoot. Don't read that the wrong way, listener, who maybe yeah. has like a weird thing against Crash Bandicoot. That's only Alex. He hates <laughs> yeah. he hates fun animal characters. Blue hedgehogs, bandicoots in shorts, uh, Balan Wonderworld men. This guy okay, who like doesn't hate Balan Wonderworld men? He looks like a shitty cartoon version of Joker's persona from Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cloak. It's the, it's the it's he's got, and he's got like the top hat too. Was it yeah, Arsene, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Oh god. Well, Arsene Lupin. I, I kind of wonder if we'll see something. Obviously not at E3, but Sony likes to do their own little direct equivalent. I forget what they call it. State of play. They like to state do their play. little state of plays. So I wonder if we'll see something from them this summer, uh, and maybe we'll get a follow up on this. Maybe it won't all be doom and gloom for Sony. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. We're running out of time, so let's do... Or we're not running out of time. We're at the end of our time. Let's do our little game. Uh, oh, yeah. We're calling Wheel of Favorites. I have a list of favorite X, favorite Y questions that I want to ask you guys. I'm going to run it through a random number generator, and we're going to kind of talk about what our favorite of that thing is. And... I already did that one. Let's try it. Let me roll the number again. And... Favorite voice actor with no substantial lines of dialogue. Oh, wow. Who's a who's who's a favorite like video game character or voice actor who doesn't really say a whole lot, but like they do a good job, you like what's there, you know? I tough. think this is cheating a little bit. I it's not one person. 
and granted, I haven't played much of GTA Five because I don't like it. <laughs> but um, I had been—I can't answer that yet. While I'm thinking about it, here's my fun bit of trivia. I guess I was reading an article last night about how um, they hired actual like—they use the word gangsters for the like background conversations in GTA Five. Like, they just, like, straight up recorded on the streets and, like, in people's homes and stuff. And, like, people, like, one guy, they were like, yeah, he just got out of jail yesterday. And, like, they had a lot of say over, like, some of the, you know, random background dialogue. So, um, even if I can't point to one specific person, I think that's pretty cool. Um, God, I don't know. I don't know, though. I think mine, just off the top of my head, would probably be, um, what's his name? From, uh... Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, Twenty Four, Kiefer Sutherland in, in uh, as Snake in Metal oh, Gear yeah. Solid Five. That got a lot of hate, and I understand why because you know David Hayter is so iconic. But like, you want to talk about old grizzled, like not quite as cartoony iteration of Snake? I think that he did a great job with it, and I think about a lot of his delivery and lines in that game a lot. I think it's very, very good. I don't know if this counts as not as, as not substantial lines of dialogue because he does say a lot, but compared to the other Metal Gear games where yeah. Snake is always talking, yeah. he's a much more expensive actor. They couldn't get him to say as much. So, hmm, this is a really hard question because it's one of those things that you uh, can't just like think up in your head on the spot so easily. I know. I don't know the guy's name. Um but whatever the name is of the guy who plays a character named Fenris in Dragon Age 2, he talks a lot in that game, but he has a very distinct voice that, like, I think most people would recognize if they heard him in a video game. And he does a lot of, like, background vocals for games. And I think he has a really unique, very talented way of speaking that I enjoy quite a bit. But I can't okay. think of, like, any big characters other than, like, Joker from Persona 5 in English. I like his voice. I think it's pretty cool. But it's also just kind of basic. That's a Smash Bros. announcer. That's a Xander Mobus is his name, his real yeah. actual name. Yeah. You know, a villain name. Yeah. Persona Five came to mind for me at first too, and I was trying to think through like what character I'd pick, but then I realized Persona Five, like Persona Five's story, is really good. But have you ever seen a more potent example of a writer having one sentence of information and delivering it in seven sentences? Yeah. That that entire game is like, what if we went to Fourth Street? Fifth Street would be too far, and Third Street wouldn't be far enough. Fourth Street seems just right. It's only four blocks away. We should get going. It takes several minutes to walk four blocks, but not that many minutes. Not as long as five. Like, but they're like the entire game. Joker the entire game, right? Like he doesn't say yeah. much. They're like, "What do you think, yeah. Joker?" And he's like, "Yes," and then that's it. <laughs> but you know, that, that that game's great. But what's what is up with that script? It's a weird script. What do you think, though? Uh, this is really tough for me. I'm. Not a lot is coming to mind, to be honest. I, I think maybe some of the less represented characters in um, Red Dead Redemption Two, probably uh, like like Javier, probably it, like doesn't talk a lot in Red Dead Two, but he has a I, he stands out to me because um, the portrayal of Javier in Red Dead Redemption One is like a cartoonish stereotype. And he completely reinvented that character um, with his performance. It's a, it's, a, it's a different actor, for the record, but he completely reinvented that character in Red Dead Two, and he, he ends up being one of the one of the most memorable uh, villains to me, for sure. Yeah, 
Damn, dude, this is a hard question. It is. I really like uh, what's his name? The the scientist from Red Dead One. His assistant is very good. Yeah. Because the scientist in Red Dead One has this very like cartoonishly wrong view about how science works. Like there's a scene where you see a bunch of buffalo, a bunch of bison in the game, and in that game there is a set amount of bison. If you kill them all, they will all be gone. Um, like permanently in your save file and you ride by them and the scientist dude is like oh there's a man who went to south america who says that if we shoot the bison they'll grow up and become stronger and his <laughs> assistant who is like this this stoic indigenous man is like i don't i don't think that's right like he's just <laughs> constantly like calling him out on his on his weird asinine like interpretation of how science works but he's still like the scientist and like the college degree that he, he flaunts over uh, the main character, John, and also his assistant guy. But I can't remember that dude's name for the life yeah, of me. Yeah, I can't either. But I know who you're talking about. But he's, yeah. he's a lot of fun because the only time he ever speaks is to call out this this like cartoon yeah. scientist man. That's a good game. I like you. You can actually find one of that uh, one of those doc one of that doctor's um, books in Red Dead Redemption Two. Is he that like fucked up doctor? He's super messed up. Yeah, yeah. he he is basically like a eugenicist. Like he yeah oh yeah 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 is working on trying to figure out how to like non-violent you know qu- big giant air quotes like non-violently uh, work out the indigenous people out of uh, New Austin. Jesus. Yeah, and, and yeah. The game he, takes place yeah. in 1911, so he's like yeah. He's, he's always on cocaine and, he, and he's, and he's like, like trying yeah. to figure out how he's like piecing together other things from famous scientists but getting them not quite right like i mentioned he yeah. brings up uh darwin and the evolution of species but he takes that to mean it's good that we shoot all of one animal because it means they'll come back stronger <laughs> <laughs> oh ain't yeah. that the truth Mm-hmm. It's, yeah man it's uh uh-uh. that's uh no. that's not the truth especially nope. not with a bison especially not with a bison you ever think about how fucked up it so is bad. in real life that we started to save the bison take it seriously because we figured out they tasted really good that's that they had <laughs> inherent worth to us ergo we decided to save <clears> them before that they were just an obstacle yeah unfortunately at least it's something right i, I guess yeah but it's, it's wild to think about that yeah at least it's something Someday we'll ha- we'll just like clone clone a bison. There's that there's that there. horse, that horse clone. There He's is doing cool. Sheep. There is that horse. There's, there's a... <laughs> y'all ever seen a horse? That whole horse. Uh, there's that horse. All horses look the same. Oh, wait, anyway. Wait, I know what it is. I know what my answer is. It's the it's the co-driver in Dirt Two who just goes right four. Right four. Don't cut. <laughs> long right one. Long six. That's all he's, he's great. His name, his name's Phil. He's a real guy. Yeah, we like Phil. He's a real co-driver in real life who just, he like recorded his co-driver calls for this game, but they're like, it's the same like pool of like six or seven variations on each call. He's great. I'm really, into, numbers. I'm really into actors and voice <laughs> actors who aren't like, not, a, well, I, okay, this goes against what I just said, who aren't like acting like the guys from Uncut Gems who are just like real oh, yeah, yeah. jewelry. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. I'm a sucker for that. It's really good. But you were just talking about that with the, the background characters in uh, San Andreas. Yeah, and G, and, yeah. Um, no, GTA 5. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Did I say San Andreas? I don't know. I thought it was San I don't know. Either way. Um, yeah, can I, that's can cool I like, as hell. Okay. I love that. I have like a, like a short, tiny personal story. Yeah about voice actors at the end of this because the podcast's almost over but when i was a kid um my dad was friends with this musician named jim walker 
um, who is an Oregon, like, you know, I, I don't listen to his music, so I don't know what, like, I don't know, you know, musician, guitarist, runs a band. Um, and he, I don't even know how this happened, because he isn't a career voice actor, but he ended up being the voice of, of Fox in Smash Brothers Brawl in the English release. It's a different voice actor than, like, the European one for some reason, but in any case... Oh, like, weird. Fox doesn't really, like, say much in Brawl. He pretty much just, like, yells. So they could just get... <laughs> he says mission complete. Yeah, and Landwalker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Landmaster. So, so th- this guy, who's, like, not a voice actor, ended up doing that um, just for Brawl. <laughs> and then my dad took me to a store, and he's like, hey, I have a guy that I want to introduce you to this weekend. I was like, I was like 10, by the way. Um, and he was like, this is, you know, you're, you're going to totally geek out over this. And he bought me at the GameStop in Portland. He bought me Star Fox Adventures um, on the GameCube. And then he took me to coffee with Jim Walker. And he was like, hey, son, like th- this, this is Star Fox. And I, and I was like, and I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's like, can you sign my copy of. I, this makes sense now. My dad bought me a Star Fox game on the like. He like specifically was like, "Have you played Star Fox? Do you want a Star Fox game?" And like drove me to the store and bought me Star Fox. And I was like, "This is weird." And then <laughs> I went to coffee. And the funniest thing to me was that I guess my dad didn't cross check like what game because I was like, "Can you sign my copy?" And he was like, "Yeah, just so you know, I had nothing to do with this game, <laughs> and I'm not the voice of Star Fox in the game, but I'll totally sign it for you." So. Somewhere I have a copy of Star Fox Adventures signed by Jim Walker. Um, so he's my favorite voice actor who didn't say much in a game. Oh, he's yeah, mine too. <laughs> he is the Emerald Pod, the Emerald Podcast. What? The Emerald Games Cast's official favorite voice actor who doesn't say very much in a game. That's right. That's right. I looked yeah. it up. He was in Star Fox Assault and Brawl, and then when they remade Star Fox 64, they immediately replaced him again. Ah, he was in Assault though. That's cool. He was in Assault, yeah. I've heard, yeah. Imagine if you got, like, a decent game instead of a bad one from your dad. <laughs> hey, I loved Adventures when I was, like, 10. Don't know if it's still good. Probably not. But I yeah. had fun. I'll, I'll tell. I'll answer that for you. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not good. Uh, it was a really weird... That game was, like, Land Before Time. That was weird. Oh, God. Yeah. They go to the dinosaur planet. Yeah. Um. Okay, listener. Send us your favorite scene from any of the Land Before Time movies. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you, you, you just <laughs> the part where Littlefoot's mom dies. Like that's it. That's Shut all I'm gonna say. That's so sad. Everyone on Reddit for like ten years was like, "That's the hardest thing to watch. actually." No, I'm not gonna do that because I was gonna do the thing I hate. I'll tell you guys after. Okay. And the listeners, <laughs> okay. you'll never, never know. get to know. Fucking loser. Well, that, hey, <laughs> don't insult our listeners. Until, I love showing contempt for our listeners. Until I'm Emerald Games Cast episode sixty-one, when the gloves come off. They've been on, they've been on, we've been holding the cards close to our chest until episode 60, but next week you can listen to us talk about literally anything that you send us, uh, in, uh, in our, in our Twitter or our email, not literally anything. If it's about a video game and it's a question or you want us to talk about it, send it to us at our email, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com or tweet it to us at emeraldgamescast on Twitter. Or you at can o- go that's on our Twitter. At ODE Gamescast. Games oh, even, thank you. Both of us, man. At ODE Gamescast on Twitter. Or you can go on that Twitter, and in the bio of that Twitter page, there's a link to a Google form where you can submit a question to us, and those go in a little document. We can see them all. 
and we'll answer them there too. Anything you want to talk about. Um, otherwise, come on back next week for episode 61. Um, and I've been Nolan. With me has been. So hot in this apartment. <laughs> so I can't think straight because I'm like, my, my headphones are making my head sweat. I think y'all? we left the heater on. We did. And it's right we've above just us. just been sitting under this heater. Um, that's who I am. Four foreheads. I'm hell bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and also, as always, with me has been. It's been a really nice temperature in my house, but uh, I'm Alex. Ale- when, when, when Alex used to live in Eugene, he lived in an apartment that was underground. So he was like in a little concrete oh, dip so in nice. the ground. Yeah. And it was always so cool in there. But I resented it because I lived on the second floor in like a packed in cluster of buildings. And my room acted, it had two windows and they both acted like greenhouse walls. <laughs> and I would be baking and every single time I'd go on Discord and be like, wow, I'm really hot trying to find a fan. Alex would be like, well, I live underground and I'm really not hot. I'm a yeah. fucking, Every time. I'm a fucking mole rat. <laughs> I live underground. God damn it. Uh, and now you have to live on the second floor in a room that, well, I guess it's not hot either. So. God damn it. Whatever. Listener, if it's hot in your apartment, let us know. Let us know. If it's not, don't. I don't we'll want to hear it. it. We'll talk about it in episode 61 next week. See you then.